Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch The Going Live Show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um, the public defender. That was her uh, main gimmick on the uh, show. That was the main character she played, and she did that quite a few times. And if you saw the um, Hood Exorcist sketch, uh, she played the mother in the sketch. Like, I played the, uh, the priest that was trying to, you know, get the demon out of her son in the sketch. Uh, she played the mom, and I played the priest going, the power of Christ compels you. Like, that was me. Well, sadly, this past Christmas Eve, uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show. Now, the good news is she is not hurt physically. The bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well. And she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can, you know, get back to selling merch and get out there performing. And what I'm gonna do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase phrase it. So this is on her GoFundMe page. Hey y'all, so I got carjacked. I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times, but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for. I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show. Comedy is now the majority of my income, so my car was very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which was another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world. Lutes. Files. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel 
spark of connection If you don't screw up this moment somehow Maybe you won't die alone Don't be too needy or bring up your ex Don't say the words her peace and Don't ever mention you've never had sex Trust me, I promise she knows And now her defenses are starting to fall Smile and return her affection If you don't manage to What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yes, I have. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dudettes? Yes, it's me, the broke soul ginger, Zach Scott. Generally speaking, I'm not that broke. And, Vinny, I'm not going to say what I because for some strangest reason, oh wait, this happens all the time. This card was boring after a wonderful stand and deliver. Fuck nuts. <laughs> you know, some shows are going to be good, some shows not so much. I mean, I thought it was decent. Let's see what we got here. Um, we kicked things off with uh, Vic Joseph and Booker T welcoming the audience before transitioning to the opening match. Uh, Alicia Taylor comes in, welcomes the new NXT Women's Champion, Indy Hartwell, to the ring. Hartwell was humbled by the reaction from the crowd and said that she still did not believe that her being NXT Women's Champion was real, mostly because she never thought it would happen, because she thought it was a pipe dream, but thanked the fans for sticking with her. Hartwell then praised Roxanne Perez saying that if it was her for her there if it wasn't for her there would not be a ladder match saying that she should be the one to get a shot at the title but was interrupted by Zoe Stark Stark ran down Hartwell for diminishing the legacy of the NXT Women's title saying that she was not on the level of the previous champions before saying that she was beatable Stark challenged Hartwell to a match tonight which Hartwell accepted okay uh typical um baby face wins first first ever for her NXT Women's Champion comes on the rain and the Hartwell tag crowded like most faces do which I really liked it. I was, I was like, in the back of my head, I was, if I was average and you deserve it, because then you and I both agree how many times in the world deserves a title and finally fucking gets it at staying the liver, even though it was a ladder match. That's another story for another time. And then so Stark came down here bitching and complaining and everything else. And the crowd was basically, like, yeah, you suck. And then I went to see what you got and then go you know, from there. But I like this pro- opening promo, it was a good pro- promo. So we start, I like her and I like Andy Hart. I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know why, but whatever. Obviously, this was a great opening segment. Um, I thought, you know, Indy Hartwell is giving a heartfelt babyface promo. She's kind of telling some truth here. She never thought she'd get the NXT Women's title. Hell, I never thought she'd get the NXT Women's title. Like I said, we've been talking for a long time about how Indy Hartwell deserves this. How she should have been champ a long time ago. And if you're not going to make her champ, call her up. 
because the fact that she was jobbing week after week and month after month was regard damn ridiculous. Like, she talks about Roxanne Perez and everything else, and the fact that Roxanne Perez got a run with the belt and Indy Hartwell was still waiting, that was fucking stupid. I still say Indy should have been the one to end Mandy Rose's title run. I will maintain that forever, because Indy Hartwell was the most deserving. She was great in the ring, great on the mic, and extremely likable. She was extremely over. And of course, Zoe Stark is the perfect heel to get in the ring with her, because Zoe Stark is kind of a bitch, but also is a great worker. So this was going to be a great match, or had the makings of being a great match. We'll talk more about that a little later on in the show, but this was the perfect challenge, and I'd much rather see Indy Hartwell fight Zoe Stark than fight Roxanne Perez. I don't want to see a rematch. There's probably going to be one, but I really don't want to see it, because I was not a fan of Roxanne Perez as a champion. I'm sorry. I'm not in, I'm not into the Roxanne hype. I'm not a fan, but it did make me excited for what's going to happen in the future. I hope Indy Hartwell has a great run with this title, and when the day finally comes for her to drop it, it will be time to call her up, because she'll have nothing else to do in NXT. Then, um, we cut to the NXT North American Champion Wesley and Axiom, who are in a Florida airport after their match at Stand and Deliver. Axiom challenged Lee to a match for the title, which Lee accepted. Why? I don't know. I guess we're getting two title matches in one night, for whatever reason. Um, but oh, I guess do? I guess Axiom felt he deserved a shot. He's the one guy in, out of everybody on Stand and Deliver that I would not give a shot to, but then again, what do I know? Seriously, I'm tired of his title run, and I'm tired of the Sig Car 2.0. Oh, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, when we get that match right there, I got something to say. Go ahead. On that note, we are going to move on, finally, to our first official match of the evening. We've got Pretty Deadly versus The Family. This match right here was a good opening match. Was it not, Vinny? Yes. Hell of a tag team match. Tony D and Stax worked very well together as a team. I'm liking the chemistry. Uh, obviously, we already know how great Pretty Deadly are. Yes, boy. Yes, they deliver every time they're in oh, the ring, oh, okay. and it's perfect. When you first see the, the fuck are these guys, and then you see them in the ring, you're like, oh, okay. And it was physical. It was good. Stayed off the top rope. And, uh, yeah. And, like, one time they were like, Pretty Deadly goes, yes, boy. And then and, uh, Tony D goes, oh, I forget about it. He's like, you know what? I'm talking about, but otherwise, in this, I thought this was great, and Pretty Deadly did a good job. Pretty D Stacks did a good job, the aka the Fireblade. Like I said, amazing chemistry. I love the finish. It was a clever finish, if I'm looking at it objectively. Obviously, I would have preferred the family to win. I don't understand the losing streak. Uh, I think it's goddamn ridiculous, but obviously, this go around, uh, it, you know, the co- obviously it was a roll up, so it helped out there a lot, but now it seems like, you know, I can't tell if the family are heel or babyface anymore. Um, I do know they're getting fucked over. A lot that's kind of helping me go okay are they babyface because for them to get fucked over as many times as they are they'd have to be babyface team because if a heel team gets fucked over this much then you're not booking right if that's the case so and I like the fact they did the whole trading places with the ref and at first I'm seeing them doing that and I'm like how the fuck are you gonna do that you dumbasses have different color hair and then he puts the curtain over his face and I'm like oh okay there we go then of course the curtain comes off the ref's distracted and it allows the slamming D'Angelo's face in the exposed turnbuckle to roll up for the victory so it was very clever and well done. I liked the finish. That was probably my favorite part of the whole time match. And on that note, we're going to move on. Hey, we move on when I fucking say we're going to move on, all right? Of course you like the fucking finish. Yeah, you objective motherfucker. Yeah. Now where's Carrot Top? 
Is he fucking still here? I'm right here. Yeah, figures you fucking show up. I gotta sit at home for two months. No microphone in front of me. Sit in front of the crowd. That's fine. But at least here, I can be more fucking honest. All right, this was a fucking stupid booking. I don't know what the hell's going on. Clearly, me and Stax are better than these two fugazis over here. Walking around all tippy-toeing around like fucking swans. Why am I wasting my goddamn time with this shit? Bad enough, we losing to fucking Jism and the goddamn Chase University people. Now I gotta deal with the fucking ballet dancers over here. What is this? Fandango 1, Fandango 2? I'm losing to these dumb fucks? Are you kidding me? Are you done? Uh, do I sound like I'm fucking done? Did I say I was done? No. Then I'm not done. You either have something okay, clever dude. to say or go sit in the fucking corner and count the marshmallows and your lucky charms, alright? Mm. Fucking Jesus. What'd y'all think of vacation? What do you need a vacation for? You sit in front of a microphone and fucking talk. Why y'all need a vacation? We need a vacation from you to hear every once in a while. I get sick and tired of hearing your voice because it's so highly annoying. Okay, Stan and Deliver finally shows up and I can't talk because you decide to have a random fucking guest on here? Apparently, apparently you afraid to have me on in front of strangers? Mm, why am I gonna, why are you afraid? Good. What? Are you afraid I'm gonna hurt their delicate fucking ears? Is that what y'all afraid of? They can't handle me? They can't fucking handle me? <laughs> oh, this is I'm just fucking, what? Y'all fucking scared now? Jesus Christ, this show is run by fucking pussies, I swear to God. Alright, anyway. Uh. Yeah, look, I'm gonna go have a cannoli and a smile because clearly you guys don't want to fucking deal with me, so I'm just gonna fucking leave. But I'm just gonna say this. Don't think for one second the Don is finished in NXT. Alright? This is a setback. Everybody's got setbacks. Hell, Scarface had a setback, and then he eventually came back and took everything back. If he played the fucking video game, that is. So, either way, say goodnight to the fucking bad guy. Well, he's calmed down. So, uh, anyway, after this, we cut to a JC Jane cutting a yeah. promo on GG Dolan and promises to break Dolan's will. Actually, I enjoyed it because she's just like, I took everything from you, now come get some, especially what she's saying. Yeah, you know, she was looking to, you know, she clearly wants to end um, Gigi Dolan. This rivalry is far from over, and I feel like they're going to take this all the way to battleground. That's what they need to do. They don't need to put it on free TV, but I'm just saying. Well, yeah, so, uh, by the way, uh, speaking of battleground, um, I do want to give a shout-out real quick to Derek Showtime for not only uh, appearing on the Boochcast, but also bringing that information to our attention that there was going to be a battleground, because keep in mind, folks, before Stand and Deliver, we have not watched any NXT up until that point. Like, none. When when Zach and I say we took a vacation, we took a fucking vacation, ladies and gentlemen. We, aside from a couple YouTube clips here and there, I did not watch any NXT. And I'm not saying yeah, that and I'm not saying that to hate on NXT, I'm just saying we need a fucking break from NXT. You know, we've been doing the Recap. Zach was getting burned out. So was I. So we took some time to take care of other things in our lives, other projects, shit like that. And you know, obviously now we're we're back and ready to keep everything going. But ultimately, you know, we didn't know what was going on. But we are excited to see um, <laughs> this uh, rivalry continue. I'm hoping uh, Gigi Dolan can put J.C. Jane in her you know rearview mirror after this, and we can hopefully get some things going and finally you know get. G 
Gigi Dolan on a push that she richly deserves. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We've got Dijak one-on-one against Odyssey Jones. Like you and Gator Shea. Was this a house fight? It looked like one. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these two big behemoths were beating the shit out of each other. I mean, that's fine. I love matches. Two big guys beating the crap out of each other. Anyway, I mean, you enjoy it. Gator enjoys it to a certain extent. Des enjoys it. But I'm shocked sometimes. I'm so sued. But I'm also sucked sometimes. Anyway, what the, uh, well, I did not like the finish. Did you? Um. Thanks for a second. Yeah, I mean, I mean, then again, really, Dijak was oh. all, what did was known for being a big guy who did high spots during his feud with Keith Lee. So I'm not overly surprised, but I was kind of hoping this new gimmick would prevent him from doing, you know, high spots like that and make it. And they would stop being part of his regular repertoire. Like, come up with a better finish. Like, if he's gonna do like like that Death Valley Driver that he did, that should have been the one finish. I think that yeah, I think that should be his finisher going forward. Do a Death Valley Driver. Uh, do the high thrust kick or whatever. You know, a world. You know, do something that's going to be a devastating move for a big man. I, I hate that big men continue to do the high spot shit because when you do the high spot shit, what you're doing is you are. Are diminishing everybody else's high spot. Like, if because if you, because if they see a big man do those moves, why would they be impressed to see anybody else do them? That's the big question. It's like, um, it's like the, 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 the big show one time did a moonsault at a house show and Shawn Michaels pulled him to the side and said, don't you ever do that again? And he said, why? And he said, because if they see you do a moonsault, they're going to, it's not going to be as impressive when I do it. And it's part of my arsenal. You're a giant wrestle like a giant. And that's what big show finally learned. Okay. Yeah. So, that I was like, uh, I didn't like him when it by moves. So, okay, I enjoyed the match, I just not like the finish. All right, absolutely. And then, of course, uh, there's a video package highlighting Dragon Lee ahead of his NXT debut against Nathan Frazier. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, then we see Gallus backstage, and they're promising everybody to expect dominance. Joe Coffey said that while Mark and Wolfgang had the tag belts, he would get some fights in and get a title of his own. Basically, the heel tagged the, the this heel franchise to say we're coming for everything, so buckle up, people. We're coming through, and I don't like Alice. I just like I like I like him. I do. I know you like Alice. They're not bored of me. I was like, ah, because they're Scottish, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's maybe the one of the reasons I do. A lot of people can't understand it. Can you? I was like, dude, I would like somewhat. I thought you knew this language. I was like, uh, I've never been to Scotland, but anything, just put the subtitles on. <laughs> Yeah, makes sense. But otherwise, this is basically what I'm saying. That like this was a good pro- promo to me, guys, and I say we're coming for everything. So yay! Well, we're gonna find out together uh, what they're going for. I have a feeling that uh, Joe wants to go for the North American title because I don't oh, see please, him. Lord, that'd be awesome. Why? Well, and I say that because I don't. I doubt he's going for the NXT title. I don't see him. I don't think he deserves to be NXT champion. He's not even close to that top spot at all. But that's not to say he wouldn't be deserving of the North American title. You know, I, I don't mind seeing him with a mid-card title to kind of complete the package for Gallus. But the world ti- the NXT title, the top title, he has no business with that. And then um, we're about to get the match started with Fraser and Dragon Lee. But before we do, former ICW champion and current NXT Heritage Cup champion Noam Dar makes his NXT return, saying he will defend the cup in NXT. I don't know who that guy is. Do you? Uh, I I've heard the name. He was in NXT like very briefly, but not enough for anyone to really know or care who he is. I don't care who he is. Uh, anyways, um, Dragon Lee, Nathan Frazier. Okay, spot fest. Wasn't that? 
Yeah, hold on. On that's that note, what oh, Zach, hold on, hold on. Oh. Let me let me let me do the gimmick, then you get share your thoughts. Okay. All right. On that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We've got Dragon Lee one on one against Nathan Fraser. Fuck that. All the kicks, all the flips, all the stuff. Typical fucking bullshit, boring ass match. The problem with this match is it was way too fucking long. Way too many keeps. Uh, kick out. That was a problem. So I did not enjoy this. And I was like, I was like, come on now, get this shit over with. I'm ready to get this done. Man. Anyways, I thought this match sucked and I gotta go to the bathroom. Anyways, any your thoughts? Well, uh, obviously, this match was long. Relatively long. Um, but I think the reason for that is because there was a lot of um, talking points that were gonna be made here. There was mostly segments. So I felt they dried the matches out to keep this a two-hour show. So they, that's the thing about NXT. They, they have some matches on here but they don't put an insane amount so they kind of let things let matches go on longer because they fill in a lot of um segments which i don't mind because the segments as we've mentioned many many times before they help to tell the story they help to set things up so that's why if you have a match which is all wrestling you wouldn't have any and you don't have anybody telling a story or explaining anything then you're just seeing random matches for the sake of watching random matches and obviously that's not what pro wrestling is is there's supposed to be stories involved so i don't mind this match going on for a long time because like i said these are two people that you know you got dragon lee who is brand new to nxt and you got nathan fraser who i'll be honest i barely remember this motherfucker i remember him being a spot monkey but i don't remember much else about him so this was for me as someone who hasn't watched nxt in two months unless you count uh stand and deliver then in in which case it was three four days ago so it's been four days technically but for two months i have not watched NXT TV. None on TV. So I forgot who this motherfucker was. So this is a nice reminder. A nice reminder that he's a spot monkey and obviously not somebody I want to get behind. But, you know, Dragon Lee showing off decent stuff, but as Zach mentioned, it is a spot fest. And it's basically the high-flying, you know, flippy shit that, you know, some people enjoy, but I don't because I like wrestling to be believable and make sense, and this style of wrestling is not believable or doesn't make any sense. After this, we cut to Andre Chase, who cuts a speech at Chase University and thank Tyler Bate for helping them out. Duke Hudson was bamboozled, but Chase said that he did not shout him out due to Hudson's previous statements on not wanting a celebration. After some sweet talking from Hudson, Chase said they would do an MVP celebration for Hudson next week. Okay, um, like I said, I had no clue what happened, what Tyler Bate did for them. They're like, okay, we'll see what happens next week. I have a suspicion that Duke Hudson might do turn on him. Yeah. What just happened? I had that coming on. Well, the thing is, I think they're referring to Stand and Deliver because that that match was on the pre-show, which obviously we didn't watch on NXT. We didn't see the pre-show because we don't give a shit about the pre-show here on the Boochcast. But ultimately, apparently, they Tyler Bate helped them out somehow, and they were going to do a celebration. And apparently, Duke Hudson, when he said he didn't want a celebration, he, apparently he was referring to, you know, I don't need it on a petty match. But when I do something this extraordinary, I should be given a celebration. So now they're going to do some MVP thing for Hudson. And who knows? Maybe this is the time where Duke's going to turn, if he's going to turn at all. Because right now... Cause this, this, this story's been going on. I, I can't remember exactly when this started, but I know it's been going for a long time because it was definitely ongoing before we took our two-month break. I know that much. That This was definitely going on during that time. So obviously, they're still continuing this, and either this is going to pay off with Duke Hudson and Andre Chase becoming tag team champions, or Duke Hudson's going to turn on Andre Chase, and this is going to lead to a big match. Now, obviously, you know, we got, as I mentioned before, Battleground is coming up in May, and 
And as Derek mentioned on the Stand and Deliver, it's on the same night as AEW Double or Nothing, so I got my fucking work cut out for me on that one. But either way, for this thing to happen at Battleground, something would ha- for them to have a match at Battleground, that means next week, that would have to be the time for Duke to turn on Andre. There would not be any better time for him to do that. No better time at all. And so if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then I guess Duke is staying. Or they're going to pull the trigger during a time that's stupid. After what's gone down the last few days, wouldn't surprise me if they did something stupid. In the last 48 hours, there, dude, there was a bunch of fuckery. Then there was a vignette of the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Dawn and Fire felt something with the water and said that they were just getting started. Dawn cursed anyone that wishes to get a taste of the NXT Women's Championships before the two had a toast. Typical promo for our new NXT champions. I liked it. It was kind of creepy, kind of vibey, but I enjoyed the living hell out of it. Let's see what this goes. Stephon Abafire talks, but otherwise, man, that thing was right. I enjoyed it. I'm sorry. Did I just hear you say typical promo? Yeah, it was typical promo. Okay, what the fuck about that creepy shit was typical? Look at their look. Look at their gimmicks. A typical promo from up the creepy tag team. I was like, okay, I've seen this before. I was to say, what kind of crazy chicks have you been hanging out with where that's typical that was I, even I've seen like dark promos and no one has been that weird and dark in wrestling. I like it Jesus Christ look who, look who you're fucking talking to here this is me look what music I listen to Vinny for fuck's sake yeah for, so for, for if that's normal I don't want to know what girls you've been dating uh, but I'm just saying yeah. this was fucking nuts and although I do I did notice when Isla was talking she has a bit of a lisp mm-hmm. so sometimes it's hard to understand what the fuck she's saying now it's not Japanese gibberish bad but you definitely have to pay attention when she's speaking like Isladon's one of those people you she can't be cutting a promo and you're doing dishes and shit you have to really buckle down and fucking pay attention to what she's saying because with that lisp you gonna miss some shit or think you heard something that you didn't hear so that's that I just learned that from listening to Isladon's I haven't really had a chance to really listen to her speak like I think Alba Fire needs to do more of the talk because even though she has an accent, you can still understand what the fuck she's saying. And other than that, I'm excited to see what they do with the tag belts. I apparently they said next week they're gonna have the, there's gonna be a rematch with um, Kiana James and Fallon Henley. But more on that later. Uh, as we cut to uh, the backstage area where Wesley is interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell, he praises his challenges for standing deliver and said that Axiom stood out to him during the match, but said that he looked forward to their match later tonight. Yay! I don't care. Um, he's like, okay, typical babyface, uh, uh, babyface uh, promo leading into the uh, it's a nice match. But <clears throat> yeah, there we go. But no, and then I enjoy this. You're going to get to Axiom. Everybody knows how that's uh, how that match is going to go. Yeah. Anyway, now this was a typical promo right here. So Wesley doing the basics and that's all you can expect because he's bland. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT Women's Championship. Indy Hartwell defends the title against Zoe Stark. I thought this match was boring. You? This match was great. You out of your goddamn mind? Mm, not really. I, did, I didn't really enjoy it. I don't know why. I just did I was like, okay. It's like back and forth, back and forth and uh, no. Something about it I just didn't enjoy. But they, everybody got their shit in. Well, yeah, I mean it was back and forth. Yeah, it was back and forth, but it was hard hitting. You could tell these two girls were trying to beat the shit out of each other, and there was submissions, there was working. Like, these two girls did very well. Like, these are two girls who are phenomenal. That's why they were in the Women's Royal Rumble earlier this year, because they are breakout stars in the women's division of NXT. And I also loved it because it was a breath of fucking fresh air to see some great women's wrestling. (laughs) 
because, like I said, I haven't watched NXT in two months, but since Revolution, I've been watching AEW, and the women's division there makes me want to cut my wrist in the bathtub. Um, then you had, then we had, of course, um, you know, some of the main roster women. We had that fatal four-way match at Mania. Jesus Christ, fuck my life. Um, and of course, uh, Bianca and Oscar did did fairly okay. And I don't know what happened. I invoked the elite rule with Charlotte and Rhea, so I didn't see that. But what everybody told me, and from the highlights I saw, that match was pretty good. But as far as me personally, this is the best women's match I've seen in a long time. Me, for me, I guess yeah, I just yeah. I felt it. I thought it was great. But I, I thought I they did a fantastic job. Obviously, Indy Hartwell caught Zoe with the crucifix pin for the win. I like that because that gives them an opportunity to... I did to... enjoy that. I did, I did enjoy that win because I automatically knew that Indy Hartwell was going to win. I knew it. I was like, I was like maybe she should have, maybe would have lost it on the main event, but I was like, this is not the main event night. No. I automatically know where this match was going to go. No. I just did, but wasn't feeling it. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. It was a great match. And then after the match, Tiffany Stratton stood on the ramp to call her shot at Hartwell. The Indy was attacked from behind by Cora Jade. Jade hit the Death Rider on Hartwell before posing with the title, and then confronted Stratton on the ramp. Why? Okay. Why? Oh, Lord. Yeah. You don't Cora know Jade's why? had her shot multiple times. Okay. So. Okay. She's gonna lose. Cora Jade attacked Indy Hartwell because she wants to be the women's champion and she's a heel. I understand that, but she's going. Cora Jade's done this before and she's always ended up on the listening of the stick. Well, yeah. Well, also, she's got somewhat of a new look, or at least it's a new look to us because, like I said, we haven't been yeah. watching in a while. But uh, I did like the fact that Tiffany Stratton was there because she definitely deserves is deserving of the women's title. But Indy Hartwell's not going to lose that belt right away, so she does need some people to beat up. So why not throw in Cora Jade? so Indy Hartwell can get some wins under her belt. I don't want her stepping in the ring with somebody that's ready to be champion. I want her to fight all the raggedy bitches who ain't ready to be champion, or don't deserve to be champion, or at least not right now. So, I would rather see her beat up Cora Jade, beat up Roxanne Perez, beat up, you know, any random bitch in the back that you want to say. Uh, Tatum Paxley, Ivy Nile, JC Jane, have Indy Hartwell run through all of them, and then when the time is right, you have Tiffany Stratton or Zoe Stark, or a Lash Legend, or a Nikita Lyons, beat her ass and take the belt. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I understand. Andy Hartwell just got the belt. She needs she needs undeserving people to get wins over. That's what you have the undeserving ones for. For the champion to get her to get some wins under her belt, establish her dominance. And, okay. and on that note, we cut to uh the backstage area with Josh Brazen and Fallon Henley, who exposed Kiana James for cheating on Brooke Jensen. But James said they were never exclusive, and Brooke Jensen was bamboozled by all of this. I'm so sick of this. Okay, um, I don't know about this cheating thing. I, I'm, I'm do this like I can say, guys. We have no clue what's going on, so I don't know what's going on here. If any, you want to take this? Yeah. Um, can I just say? Can I just say what? how fucking hilarious it is that a woman is using the "we never put a label on it" excuse. Oh, can, can, can we can we acknowledge the fact that a woman is using this line? Oh, a line that most women never fucking use. This is literally a standard guy phrase that men have used when they fuck other girls. Because most women claim you as their boyfriend after like the second date. The first date, not really. Unless they're batshit fucking crazy. Because there are some women, they're already naming your kids before the salad shows up. So, I don't know what's going on here, but I've never heard a woman use that phrase before and i'm gonna i'm gonna steal a phrase from the uh the woke playbook here or dictionary and apparently brooks is getting gaslit throughout this whole fucking thing like 
She like Kiana James is literally gaslighting Brooks because basically she got caught cheating, but she's trying to justify it by saying we never put a label on this. We were never exclusive. Okay, I'm just gonna say this. What's that? Um, if you're going out with somebody continuously until you hear otherwise, assume it's a relationship or set parameters on what you define as a relationship. Because I'll t- I-, I give an example right here because and I make this clear if if uh, very clear like and when this. Like, if I'm on a date with a girl and we're talking and everything and the subject of sex comes up, whether we have sex on the first date or the second date or the third or whatever, I tell every girl the same thing. If a woman wants to wait to have sex, I am all for that. Unless they want to wait till marriage. I draw the line there. But if you want to wait till after a couple of dates or you want to go out for a little while before things get physical because you don't want to rush anything, I'm fine with that. As long as I'm not waiting till the altar, I'm fine. However, I make this clear. Until we start having sex, I am not claiming you as my girlfriend. Simple as that. I do not acknowledge this relationship as monogamous until sex is happening. Because if I'm committing to one woman, I damn well better be having sex with that one woman. It's okay to wait to have sex. It is not okay to wait to have sex, but then tell me I can't have sex with somebody else. Like, no, no. Uh-uh, not happening. I draw a line there. Once you and I start having sex on the regular, I will claim you as my girlfriend, and I will be faithful, because I have never cheated in a relationship, ever. But I don't put a label on it until sex happens, and I make that crystal clear. So how long you want to wait is up to you, but until we're having sex, we are not exclusive, just the way it is. Well, apparently, they never had that conversation, and the bottom line is this. This is getting goddamn ridiculous at this point, okay? I don't know why people think it's entertaining to watch a guy look stupid like this in a relationship, but it's really not. Now, women might find this hilarious, but I guarantee you the guys don't. And I don't care how many female fans you put in a crowd. I don't care how many female fans you interview on the streets. When it comes to the demographic of wrestling fans, the number of men will always outnumber the number of women. There are a lot of female wrestling fans. More than there's actually, and there's more now than there's ever been before. But it's always been, the male have always been the dominant demographic. And I guarantee you, there is not a a grown-ass man in America that is enjoying watching Brooks be a fucking doormat. And if you are, you're sick. Now, after this, we cut to Vic Joseph and Booker T give a tribute to Bushwhacker Butch Miller, who unfortunately passed away. So uh, rest in peace to uh, Bushwhacker Butch. And, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to his family and hopefully they're uh, doing the best they can to get through this emotional time. Agreed. And then we cut to uh, Cora Jade in the parking lot, who is greeted by Laya Valkyra, who told her that she cannot escape fate. Okay. Uh, basically, Valkyra saw what was basically calling her out. So I know automatically what we're gonna see next week should be Valkyra against Jade, <clears throat> and then we're gonna go from there. Like I see it, um, I see what it was. I mean, basically, you know, I think Cora's liars trying to set up a feud with Cora at some point. They gotta set something up. So they're having some type of interaction uh, to set something up going forward. But ultimately, we have no idea what that thing is, and hopefully, we can figure it out. And on that note, we're going to move on uh, to the next match of the evening. We've got Ivy Nile one-on-one against Tatum Paxley. Now, this I did enjoy. Did you? These two ladies beat the shit out of each other. I enjoyed this immensely. Oh, yeah. They have fights. 
Ivy Nile actually won a fucking match. Shocker. <laughs> well, Ivy Nile is pretty dumb. I was happy for because I, I, I like Ivy Nile. So, the same. I enjoyed some of the DC ladies beat the shit out of, uh, Abby, out of each other. I was like, when did this happen? And I remember that. I was like, oh, yeah. I remember. Otherwise, that, I enjoyed this tremendously. This was a good brawl fashion beat the shit out of each other. I thought it was good. Yeah. Right? And the weird thing is, I now keep in mind, I don't know if this was just uh, two friends having a tune-up match. Or if Ivy Nile turned on Tatum Paxley or whatever. Or if Tatum went heel. I don't know what the fuck sparked this match. Because last time... Uh, when we la- I do. What what happened? How the fuck did this come about? Uh, uh, Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile was in a tag team match with, I think, the previous tag team champions and somebody else. I forgot who it was. But uh, Ivy Nile tried to tag her in and Tatum Paxley stepped up. Says, like, I don't need you anymore. And then what I saw in the clip on YouTube, uh, she, Ivy Nile got tossed out. Uh, tossed out of the ring uh, uh, then then uh, uh, Paxley threw her back in the ring basically she betrayed her at a tag team match and walked away there you go wait, that's who, how I started okay wait you went wait, wait, who betrayed who Tan and Paxley betrayed Ivy Nile by walking away from the tag team match okay okay I just I had to ask you were going 20 miles an hour there I actually knew something that you didn't. Wow. Well, apparently you've been watching some NXT in the offseason because I haven't. I don't remember this fucking shit. They showed the clip. They showed the clip. I didn't see the fucking clip. Must not have shown up on my TV. Oh, I saw it. All right, go ahead. All right. But either way, either way, it was a badass match. And in the end, uh, you know, Ivy puts in the dragon sleeper for the submission win. It was perfect. It was a great way to end this and very entertaining. Um, I don't know if this rivalry is going to continue going forward or this just, uh, you know, ends the feud right here. But obviously, this wasn't something that needed to be dragged out to battlegrounds. I don't think anybody fucking cared enough. So you can end it up. Uh, on yep. that note, Dragonov is interviewed backstage by Mackenzie Mitchell with Dragonov saying there was no challenge too big for him to come. He was randomly interrupted by Von Wagner, calling himself the monster, the biggest monster he'd ever seen. Mr. Stone stopped Dragunov and Wagner before getting him a match for next week. But Mr. Stone put an ultimatum that if he lost, he was done with Wagner. Does that make sense at all? Um, none. Yeah, I mean, I understand Dragunov and Dak Wagner. I mean, Dragunov was talking about how how wonderful, how to talk about stand the liver, like he usually does. And then Von Wagner had to come in, and they got in each other's face, like, all right, all right, we'll see Von Wagner against Dragunov, and that'll be a good match and then Mr. Stone came and said if you lose we're done I was like well you I really don't like you Mr. Stone so bye bye I don't like him anyways but we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah I mean I'm intrigued to see what happens here but I don't really think Von Wagner needs Mr. Stone and Mr. he doesn't he doesn't need him at all and I'm gonna say this I hate the fact that Mr. Stone is Mr. Stone. I don't like the fact that this guy, who I know to be a talented wrestler, is being relegated to a manager position. Because a lot of guys know him as Mr. Stone. I know him as Robbie E. And I think Robbie E. is a great wrestler. I like seeing him in the ring. And I just feel like him as a manager is goddamn ridiculous. It's just, I I think it's your goddamn ridiculous. I'm not a fan. And um, I'm hoping that if this leads to them breaking up, I hope he gets into the gym, bulks the fuck back up, and comes back as Robbie E. Or some variation of that. Because I feel like that will be more entertaining than what we're seeing now. Okay. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening we got for the NXT North American okay. Championship. Wes Lee defends the title against Axiom. Typical spot uh, spot monkey bullshit. But here's the thing. You know what Axiom remind me of? A ripoff of the Green Ranger. Anyways, um, yeah. Dude, bullshit spot monkey crap. Wes Lee got all his kicks in. Axiom got all his kicks in and everything else. This was a boring spot monkey fucking 
bullshit match. Yeah. Vinny, your thoughts? Yeah, just, you know, the, the, the stuff you see all the time. The flips, the everything. It was not the least bit interesting. And plus, I knew Wesley was going to retain because he's not about to lose his belt on free TV. Nope. Plus, I don't think Axiom would take the belt from him because it would make the belt even more useless than it already fucking is. So, again, don't give a shit. Um, did not care about this match at all because I, I knew what to expect. I knew what to see, and it involved two people I could give two shits about. So, there you go. Just there. And after the match, Scripps cuts a promo on Axiom. He tries to attack Axiom from behind with a senton, but Axiom caught him midair with a golden ratio and, and talks a bunch of shit. So... That's the most epic Delk attack I ever seen in a day of my life. It was, <laughs> and uh, just oh, I I laughed my ass off. And it I was entertaining. That. It was entertaining, but obviously, it's trying to set up a few that again. That. Nobody wants to fucking see. Okay, it, it, you saw that coming from a mile away. No, I didn't Lost see. I didn't see it coming from a mile away. I just just didn't find it interesting because it's again, everybody knows script is Reginald in a fucking mask for that makes no goddamn sense for him to be in. Yeah, I never this this gimmick of scripts and Reginald. I was like, no, this is horribly, horribly bad. Anyways, go ahead. You're saying horrible. Ugh. Next, uh, Nathan Fraser is interviewed backstage by Mackenzie Mitchell. Fraser said that he believed that he could turn around his misfortunes in NXT. He said that he was just enlightened during the interview. Um, okay. Why was this here? You lost again. And the only thing I like about Nathan Fraser is his theme song. That's about, about it about the gentleman. But otherwise than that, this was did not need to be here. It's like, okay. Did what? Why? Why? Boohoo! Your spot, monkey. I don't like you. Who has any? Um, Sorry. I don't know what he was enlightened on, but I'm rather curious. Is it the fact that you realize you're not very good and need to get the fuck out the business? Because that's that's really what you need to be enlightened on. If no one's told you yet, let me talk to you. Okay. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Like, no one gives a shit. Cause you know why? Cause he's just another face in the crowd. He's nobody special. You are not special. You are not unique. You are like every other cruiserweight that has stepped into into professional wrestling, did a bunch of fancy tricks, and wants to say that they're a wrestler. In reality, you are a circus performer. Long in the carnival. Then, of course, we come to a video package promoting the NXT debuts of Tank Ledger, Danny Palmer, and Oba Femi. I did not see this. I was probably going to the bathroom. Sorry. Yeah, basically, they're talking about these, there's these three uh, people coming to NXT. Apparently, they've signed them. Um, Now, Corn Currently, uh, Tank Ledger is Joe Spivak. That's his shoot name. He's a former defensive lineman for Northwestern University. He, sent an, he signed an NIL deal with WWE in December of 2021. His first match was on October 11, 2022 on NXT Level Up, where he teamed up with uh, Jack Off Time, Ike Manjiro, to defeat Bronson, Bryson Montana and Duke Hudson. Then you got Femi, whose real name is Isaac Dugasan, who's a Nigerian track and field athlete from the University of Alabama and is also a former <clears throat> talent. His first match was a loss to Stax on a NXT house show. And then Palmer, his real name is AJ Amarin, Amarine, or whatever, however the fuck you pronounce her last name. He's a former fitness instructor and tumbler on the Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling team. I suddenly do not want to watch her. Uh, She made her debut back in September of 2022, teaming with Ariana Grace and Kiana James in a losing effort against Fallon Henley, Thea Hall, and Valentina Ferez. So, uh, all three outstanding athletes, the fact that somebody's on an acrobat 
acrobatic tumbling team. That just screams spot monkey, so I'm not happy. Like, this this is further proves my point that most of these these are not even wrestlers, they're fucking gymnasts. Um, um the track and field athlete from Nigeria, um, intrigued to see what they're doing. This is a defensive lineman, so she's he's got the football bod. He's got the track and field bod, so we'll see what that means. So far, the girl is the only one I'm not excited to see. And it's not because she's a girl, it's because I think she's gonna be a spot monkey, so I already know I'm not gonna like her style. But who knows? Maybe she learned how to fucking work. We'll figure it out, but obviously they're trying to look at new stars because everybody knows the night after WrestleMania, even though there's no off-season with WWE, the night after WrestleMania, or in this case, Stand and Deliver, it's kind of like a reset button on wrestling. That's when, like, new new interactions, new shows, new matches. Sometimes you have a few things that carry over from WrestleMania, but for the most part, they try to do a reset button. So that's why, naturally, they're going to bring in some new stars and talk about, you know, the fact they're going to debut. I'm sure there's going to be a new NXT breakout tournament. So I'm assuming there's going to be some guys and girls that are going to be coming into business. So like I said, I have my preconceived notions, but ultimately I'll have to see them in a ring in order to be proven right or wrong. I don't know. Zach, how do you feel about these three? I didn't see it. I was in the bathroom. Okay, well, based on what? I, okay, based on what I just said, you got an idea? Same thing as you. Let's just see what. Let's just see what they have. Okay, I'll be. The, I gotta see him in action first to judge him. That's how okay. I am. All right. Now, next we have um, Trick Williams and the newly crowned NXT World NXT World Heavyweight Champion Carmelo Hayes come out for the title celebration. He says that in the biggest stand and deliver ever, he was balling in that B, proving that he was him once and for all. He said he was gunning for the number one spot, saying that he was not going to be denied. He pretty Hayes Braun Breaker and told him to get to the ring so he could tell him something. Breaker came to the ring and Hayes thanked him for putting him over before thanking him on behalf of himself and the NXT audience. Breaker said that NXT was about the superstars and the audience with Breaker saying that they hear them before he once can again congratulate Hayes for winning the title. Before Breaker left and Hayes, he and Hayes shook hands but Breaker caught him with a wicked lariat. Breaker attacked Williams and Hayes before laying him Hayes out with a spear. Breaker stood tall over Hayes to end the broadcast. I saw this coming from a mile away, Jimmy. Of course, Melo came out there celebrating his title reign. But rightfully so, he should, because he deserved it more than anybody else on that. Um, couple people. Otherwise, that's, I saw this coming from a mile away. I knew it was happening. I was like, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it. Braun Breaker finally telling him, oh, good for him. He need to. Let's see what happens, though. Benny, what do you think? Did you see this coming? Not really. Um, I did I didn't know what to expect from this and it wasn't until Hayes br- told him to get back in the ring as he was leaving that I knew something was going to happen. I just didn't know if it was going to be Braun, if it was going to be Carmelo. I thought maybe Trick Williams was going to attack him from behind. But what's weird is that, you know, Breaker attacked Carmelo Hayes like that. And here's the thing. I don't know if this is meant to set up. Obviously, it's going to set up a match for Battleground, but I don't know why we're doing this. What is the reason for turning Braun Breaker heel? He's, as we mentioned before, there's nothing left left an NXT for him to do. And it makes no sense to call him up to be a heel. No sense of any kind to call him up to be a heel. It doesn't. What what do we gain from this? Does Carmelo have to beat him one more time to solidify this? Because really, the only explanation that I can come up with for why Braun would do this is because of the fact that Trick Williams attacked him during the match at Stand and Deliver. So maybe, just maybe, Breaker might have been thinking, you know what? If it hadn't been for Trick Williams, I'd have beat your ass. So I say, you and I do this one-on-one, no trick, and see if you really can beat me. Prove to me one-on-one that you are him. And 
and Mello as the babyface accepts it because now they made it very obvious. Mel Carmelo is now the babyface. This is a double turn, ladies and gentlemen. A double turn. We now have Braun as the heel. So Carmelo should have Trick stay in the back because now that he's no longer a heel, he don't need the backup. Carmelo goes out there. They have a straight up fight. Carmelo wins and Braun leaves. Simple as that. And if you can't find a way to write him out, make it a make it a loser leaves NXT match for the title. Winner gets the belt, the loser leaves. Have Braun lose and leave NXT, go to the main roster, and let's see what he can do up there. Why not? Okay. That would be my question. Why not? Why does he need to stay? He doesn't need to stay. He needs to go up to the main roster. Yes, it is time. I where it comes from. It is time for Braun Breaker to go to either Raw or SmackDown and sink or swim. It's time to find out if he truly is a future star in this company. Time to find out. Agreed, sir. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah. But, like I said, we, we saw this coming. Um, I just don't know why it's happening. I need to hear the explanation before I can further judge, because unlike some people, I actually look for the explanation before I talk shit. So, anyway, that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Oh, uh, yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you check out the male soap opera moment uh, with myself, the Wens, and special guest uh, Desmond Dagenhart. Uh, he, we were there for our predictions for WrestleMania. You can hear all about them uh find out you know who won who lost who was right who was wrong and of course be on the lookout for our wrestlemania recap of that coming soon to the boochcast facebook page also uh you can follow us on twitter and instagram at the boochcast get the latest tweets photos and videos visit our youtube channel check out all of our youtube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted as i mentioned before um this week we did not have um the rise of Rush Limbaugh episode drop. Uh, it's going to be a while before that one drops, as well as the other two Dark Side of the 90s episodes. Like I said, I'm dealing with some uh, tech issues over here, but don't worry. I will be getting it fixed and getting that episode out to you guys very soon. Also, uh, in the meantime, you can check out all of the YouTube content we have on there. Dark Side of the 90s, Dark Side of the Ring, promos, skits, funniness. Check it all out. And of course, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. Make sure you join us for the biggest party of the summer. And of course, we have a live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project in the works. You can also support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we have the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. 
$10 per month. Same amount of money you used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network, and unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You get the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when that's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try, I swear to God I'm trying, but he's making this difficult to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. I'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, pizza baby. baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.